Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Find A Way Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. What's up, coaches? This is the Coaching 101 Podcast. I'm Daniel Chamberlain, here with Kenny Simpson. Coach, how is Northeast Arkansas today? Well, I think the heat break's finally going to come. We didn't get it last <laughs> week, but it was still 90 degrees. I've never been... It's a record heat out here, but it's coming, you know, and it's yeah. football weather's coming. And I think our kids are excited. I think this is that point of the year. We mentioned it last week that everybody's kind of, it's that grind. This is a grind part of the season and it's going to continue to be a grind part of the season. Probably, uh, probably through whenever you end some yeah. guys, it's a merciful or late October, early November, because those seasons you kind of want to be done. Some guys, you know, that are having great years, you know, you might have two more months, depending on how your state works things. But uh, to us, man, we're excited. We're doing well. Uh, personally, our team is is 5-0 and right now, and so uh, have a lot of work to go. We understand a lot, of, a lot of big games coming up. But it's just different, you know, and I think that's one of the things that, administrators in the south now i don't know about other states i can't speak for them but generally if the football program is having success the atmosphere around the school is way easier there's less discipline issues there's more school spirit there's more likely you're going to have kids showing up on time you know all of those things kind of correlate a lot of times in public schools right wrong or indifferent with how well the football team is doing Right. And so in the South, what also correlates with that generally, I need to get my school on board with this, but generally is the salary goes up on those guys. So if I can get them all to all the administrators <laughs> that might be listening to this, the three of you that probably are, that's why they pay football coaches a lot of money because I think they can impact the school's atmosphere quite a bit. Sorry, it's a real big tangent there. No, that's it absolutely makes sense. Uh you you you're right. When, when things are going well and success is showing up, um, everybody just tends to be in a better mood and things, you know, you have a lot less problems. So uh, the school goes as the team goes, if you will. Well, uh, you're right about the heat, man. It's like, I think it was 95 or something Friday when we played, or, or not when we played, it had cooled off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our school, they, uh, and I guess they've always kind of done this, but they we don't kick off till 7.30 and that, that 30 minutes, you don't think much about it, but um, our AD says that, and, and I heard this from another person, but essentially the AD says that if you kick off at 7.30, it's a primetime event um, versus kicking off at 7. And uh, and so we always have a primetime game, so I think that's pretty funny. Uh, but, man, just that 30 minutes, just letting that heat get out of there is, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, keep the kids out of the sun that much longer, whatever. So it's, yeah, it's nice. I, Facebook, you know, they always run those stupid, those ads. And so I bought this hoodie that I'm wearing now and another hoodie because I was like, oh, I'm going to need hoodies. And then it got to 97 degrees. So they came in in time for it to be 98 or whatever it was last right. week. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But well, good, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting, being a deer hunter. It's the first of October and I'm not hunting because it's too hot. I'm not going to waste my time and effort going out there. Some guys are probably like, that's, uh, uh, you know, they just have to be in the stand because it is deer season. But, you know, as coaches, we're already busy enough. Like going out there and wasting my time is not on my to-do list. So mm-hmm. 
I'm hoping for the the cool weather. Well, man, we'll get started here. So tonight we're talking about uh, B team games. I know we need to uh, run our ads real quick, so we'll, we'll get that done in just a moment. But uh, you know, BT games here. We're just talking JV. Um, really, I mean, you could go all the way back, I guess, into your elementary, your middle school, whatever level the school starts, youth sports, right? Um, and so just we want to talk about the importance of those and, and how to kind of help yourself help yourself later, right? Get that development in at those those ages and then that way you're um, however many can come to the freshman year and, and beyond. They're helping your program when they show up, hopefully. But uh, before we get started, Coach, why don't you go ahead and uh, share some ways we can keep things simple for our staff and athletes? Coaching 101 podcast is sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com for all your coaching needs with over 30 coaching materials, books, as well as 50 PowerPoints and videos and smaller materials and the free magazine headsets. Findaway Productions also sponsors offensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things offense, and defensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things defense. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Speed and Movement. At athleticspeedmovement.com, we've taken Dell Basket's 45 years of speed and movement training and put it all in one place just for you. You can get the same training that NFL players have been getting for years, collegiate players have been getting for years, and now high schools across the nation are paying thousands of dollars to bring Dell in to, to install his system. But we've got it online for you. It's time to help your team become faster, not just in the 40, not just their sprint speed, but between the tackles and their cuts while they're chasing down the quarterback. It's time for you to help them become faster everywhere. Jump over to athleticspeedmovement.com. There's an orange button there. Just click it. It says, uh, get the keys to playing faster. You'll get the three core movement video from Dell. He's explaining the science behind it all for just the price of your email. Check it out, athleticspeedmovement.com. Awesome. Appreciate that. So what are, um, first question is, what are B-team games? Yeah, I think you kind of mentioned a little bit in the intro. I mean, you're, you're talking about that can be defined in a lot of ways depending on the situation that you're in. Some coaches in big cities or in large schools, that might only mean they're 10th graders, you know, they're 10th and 11th graders because you have zero control over before then. You know, some coaches that are fortunate, I'm in a pretty fortunate situation where we go all the way down to like we started them in third grade and they play youth league football and I could be as involved or uninvolved as I want to be, but you have that opportunity to dig down into the like really lower levels and kind of get with them. Uh, to me, I'm going to kind of focus most of my attention on like basically a sub varsity level. So if you're a junior right. high head coach, think about maybe your, your eighth graders. Maybe if you're a varsity coach, think about your 10th graders. That's kind of where I'm going to focus most of the discussion. But like you brought up, it could mean like, you know, your fourth grade team, fifth grade team, sixth grade team. So take that for what it's worth. I think a lot of coaches uh, miss the value on some of those things. And, and some of that is, because a lot of times, even though we want to say we want to come into a school and build a culture and be there for a long time, we don't we don't necessarily mean that. I mean, you can see that by the statistics that kind of prove it out that most coaches are five years or less. Right. So when you're dealing with being somewhere five years or less, do you do you really care what the fifth grade team's doing? Because the odds of that coming to you is probably not very high. So I think some of that you have to kind of quantify or qualify whatever the word is there with what's your situation, you know, but I think you're never going to be wrong to invest in the young, even if you don't reap the reward of it, 
Uh, because if you do end up staying at that job, I'm at one. I didn't know I was going to be here 10 years later. I had no idea. My seniors, I was out there watching them play in third grade. You know, yeah. at that time, did I know that I was still going to be in the same school and those were going to be my seniors? I did not. I probably didn't even think that was going to happen. Yeah. Here we are. You know, unfortunately for me, I made an investment. So kind of going a little bit there, I think you have to kind of decide what is a B-team game for you. All right, now for me, when I'm talking about mainly what I'm going to focus on tonight, I'm talking about like a, a sub-varsity game. So when you get into that world, here's how we kind of look at that. I look at that as a non-starter. So this is a guy who's, again, you may have to play some starters on B-team games, and I'll qualify that here in a second. But basically, these are the guys who don't already get to play. So these are guys that don't play on Friday night if you're a varsity coach or don't play on Thursday or whatever other night if you're a junior high coach. You know, these are the guys that are not out there most of the time, right? Um, we look at those as an opportunity that everyone's going to play. So for us, every single person on our roster, when they come to me from really even third grade on, we have a rule in our youth that everyone plays. And then we have a rule in the seventh grade that pretty much as much as we can, they all play. And we try to do extra quarters, even B-team seventh grade games, so they get to play. In our junior high program, we have B-team games or JV games, whatever you want to call them, so that every kid plays. And then when they get to me in 10th grade and 11th grade, if they're not a starter, they still have as many as we can schedule, which is tough at a smaller school. You know, we're 5A, but we're kind of a smaller 5A. It's hard to find games in that world, but we try to have at least at least two to four games a year where those kids get to play under the lights. I think it's important, even if you're not developing a kid. So I'm going to talk in a second here about developing kids. But even if you know this is a kid who's not going to step foot on the field for you on Friday night, and there are those kids in our programs, and we could pretty much identify them pretty quickly. And a lot of time, the kid's even aware of that. Right. So it's not a shock to anyone, even including their parents sometimes. They, they may not like it, but I think they see it. Yes. And so you have those kids that you kind of know. Well, in my mind, Monday night is their opportunity to get a reward for the hard work they're putting in to help your team get better. Because that kid has a role on your team. Whatever that role might be, it's usually scout team or it may be whatever you've kind of given him a role. And I think, I think it's important as a coach Every single kid on your roster knows what their role is, and you're honest with them. But those Monday nights for those kids, that's their Friday night. That's their opportunity to get under the lights, to be seen. We're not going to probably invest as much time in that kid because they're not going to play on Friday, but they are going to play because I think those kids have earned the right to get to play. Yeah, so That's a big thing for me. The second thing I'll do, or third thing I'll do, and I'll pass it on to you, Daniel, is I think you need to look at this part as development. And I think we all know that deep down, everyone knows that. And I'll give you a real story that just happened to me today. So Sunday meetings, I always call the coach we're playing in JV because at our level in Arkansas, you know, we were playing a 4A school. You know, they have 28 kids on their roster. So he called me, they had three kids get hurt on Friday night. So guess what he called me and told me? We can't play JV Monday night. I'm really sorry, coach. We want to play, but I'm having to start these kids now and I can't get them hurt on Monday night. And my gut reaction was good. I don't have to deal with a Monday night game. And that's a natural, honest reaction. I don't know how to yeah, show that. Like that's a natural, cool. I'm going to watch my daughter play volleyball 
You know, I can go be my family. I can go do whatever. That's the selfish part of me. Okay. The part of me that has learned knows that dang, that stinks. Cause there's a, there's a probably about 10 to 12 kids on our roster that needed that night. They needed that night to develop. They needed that night to get reps. They needed that night to get rewards. And I needed them to get that night because I might need those kids this year if injuries hit me, or I might need those kids this year for a special team, or I definitely am going to need those kids next year. So they need those reps. That part kind of stinks. And then the last part of it, I think you got to think about is developing coaches. So on these lower key games, and I don't mean to make them diminish them, lower key games is an opportunity to develop your future staff and is an opportunity to reward coaches. So at the beginning of each season, try to visit my coaches. Of course, I've had a staff now for a while, so I know them pretty well. Right. And figure out where their future goal is. There's guys on my staff that they're going to be here till they retire, and they're really cool doing an assistant coach. They don't have a big role on JV Nights because that's not their future. They're going to be out there, and they're going to support our team. We're all going to be out there to support our team. But they don't really have a desire to be a play caller. They don't have a desire to be a head coach. So I'm not going to put them in charge of a JV Okay. You know, I think a lot of coaches sometimes will punish coaches for that. Like, But I've got a couple coaches on my staff that I think want to call plays. I've got coaches on my staff that want to be a defensive coordinator. And I've got coaches on my staff that want to be a head coach. And it's really good for them to do all their screw-ups on Monday night in front of the 15 people watching. Right. Because get it all out of the way. We can talk about it immediately. And a pretty low key, no one, I'm not getting mad if we lose a Monday game. So we can talk about it and address it right there. And it is, there's no anger. There's no frustration of that we just lost this game. So you can coach your coaches. The coaches can coach the players. So when I say development, I'm not just talking about our players. I'll get one more caveat here, Daniel, then I'll kick it to you. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were not very good at Southside. So I took the job. We were not very good. Um, I ignored the youth because we had a decent team. And so we made a run at the playoffs, couldn't quite get in. Well, then next year we fell off a cliff. It was not a good year, not a good year. And so, but during that year, we started a bunch of sophomores. And so our JV nights were different than everyone else's JV nights. Our JV nights now were everyone who's a junior and below is going to play. All of our coaches are going to wear their Friday game wear and their headsets and we're going to figure out how to win because we had to learn how to win. And low pressure Monday night games gave us a nice five and one JV schedule. Schedule anybody we could schedule. We played everybody we could play. Some of those kids that stunk because they started on Friday and started on Monday, but they were getting their brains beat out on Friday because they were sophomores and we could win on Monday. And so sometimes those JV games, depending on your situation, you may want to treat them different. Like that, the, that year, I was the head coach of JV because we needed to start showing some success. So I hope right. that makes sense. Yep. Uh, no, I, you know, I think B team games are different for different schools. And um, I have been most of the places I've been, those games were exactly what you said. Oh, the game's canceled on Monday. Yes. Right. I don't have to deal with it this week. Um, unfortunately, I think that becomes habitual and you start looking for reasons to cancel them. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of warm. We probably shouldn't go play that game or like, I can, like I've had the experience where we were just, is there any reason we 
cannot play this game tonight. Can we just send the coach text and, and not, not do it? And I have been both on both sides where I'm like, yeah, I, I really don't want to do it either. And then I have grown to where I'm more like what you said, the second part there, coach. And that is the, we really need to get these kids a game, you know, and it, coaching's fun. Once you get there and, and the, the first kickoff happens, you have a blast. It's not like you're out there, you know, being tortured. And if you are, maybe change professions because it's the greatest, like you said, no pressure. You can call whatever you want. You can draw up plays in the dirt if you want, right? Like it's a great place to go just, just to coach. Um, it's just the getting there That's and, and giving up a night. But once you do it, I think it's okay. Um, we have different, and I don't know if it's self-imposed. I don't know. So at Owasa, we have um, a lot of kids, number one. We're, we're the fifth largest school in the state. And so not only do we have B teams, but we have B teams for our B team. So like I'm a freshman coach, I'm freshman DC. Um, I have a team that's supposed to go out and win every single game. And then I have a everybody plays team, right? Um, and we're sometimes we're not always the best as coaches at like remembering that that white team night is everyone should try to get some reps because we get caught up in wins and losses. But um, and so you know, but we have both of those teams, and so we have kids. You know, Oklahoma has a rule, and I'm sure most states have the same rule or similar. I don't know for sure, um, but kids can suit up for two games, right? You get I think it's eight quarters, in fact. So you got to be careful on like overtime and stuff like that. I'm not not sure how all the the uh, red tape is there, but yeah, essentially you get two games to suit up, regardless you play or not. So the kids aren't going to play on Friday night. Um, the freshmen almost never even go to JV. Like it's a completely different program. We have a different locker room. We have a different coach's office than the varsity. So you now ours is even a little bit different in that because we have a we're trying to make football fun for kids we want to get them to their sophomore year that's like the big drop off right from freshman to sophomore and so we're trying to keep them all in the building and the way you do that's win games so um winning is a little bit more important it doesn't always have to be i don't think um and then we have that second team we can do the development and um you know and, and i think that's kind of where we fit everybody else's general b team jv has the same thing so they've got a couple teams um, I tell you what's hard with ours is we play Monday and Tuesday night. So now we're giving up three nights a week for games, um, but it's different staff. So the JV, we don't, I don't deal with them at all. That's the varsity staff, just uh, coaching those other guys that need the development. So they have two games a, a week as well for JV. So it's really kind of neat how they have it set up there. I know I've been places where we just didn't have the kids, right? You have 22, 27 kids on your, on your uh, roster, you're right. You, you almost can't go risk one of them. You, if you set all 22 starters, and maybe that's the 11 kids, um, then you got to make that, you know, am I going to start my, my two, my, my two deep roster? Is that who's going to JV? Like what, it, you know, you just got to start. It's that risk and reward. But anyway, yeah. So B team games, JV freshman, uh, actually this year saw a Texas team. They had a, a Froshmore team, which I thought was pretty neat because that's still that, Maybe you don't have enough freshmen that can really play ball to even go out and, and do anything. So then you've got ninth and tenth, and I've seen that before. We've we played a kid down that was never going to get a Friday night. You know, we'll talk to the coach and be like, let them play on freshman. Uh, and then of course the middle school and junior high. And I think really, I mean, you know, it's not we're talking the sub varsity, and, and as we move through here, you know, that will be the the thing. But you look at the successful teams and the ones that uh, grow quickly and become successful, and then they are dominating for years. It's because 
you know, the varsity head coach has got input at the, you know, the five-year-olds out there playing flag football and he's talking fundamentals there and he's teaching that coach how to coach. And, you know, that works its way up through middle school and junior high and all that. So um, there is a lot to it. And I know you're talking about, you said something, you know, that investment having to make it and you never know if you're going to be around, but getting practice at that kind of stuff is a big part of it too, right? And that way when you go to your next one, you've worked out some kinks at the junior high level and now you have a, a, a new um, format or a new way to do that. And so, you know, you're installing your program all the way down. And if you just keep practicing, I guess, just keep getting that practice. But all right, we uh, we beat up the what are B team game. So let's talk about importance. So why are they important? I know we've already kind of touched on a couple of these, um, especially going into development and stuff. Um, I want to start here and just talk about how we use it to build confidence in kids as young as possible. So um, there's there's kids that probably wouldn't stay on the team if all of these freshmen that I'm coaching just had to go ride the pine. You know what I mean? You pay your dues. Like that's kind of how I remember the old school way of being like you go to practice, you sweat like everybody else, you get to Friday night and you just stand there and your feet hurt at the end because you've been standing in cleats like you were going to get to go and you never get to go. Right. It's just not, it isn't feasible. Um, and of course, when you get these larger schools like where I am now, they're really not going to ever see the field. Okay. Um, we have a few that play up. We just, we just bumped one up this past week. That was, you know, he got to play this Friday. He's went, from the starter on freshman to uh, he was second string on varsity. So he got him some reps and that's really cool to see that happen. But we usually, uh, we usually use it to build that confidence to keep those kids around. So keep them in the program and let their bodies develop. Freshmen are just so small generally, right? Um, they need that extra year. I know at some schools I've been at, you don't see your eighth graders. And so you don't know what they're doing in the weight room. Um, they're just too separated from your program so by the time you get them as freshmen, yeah, they've had one summer. Hopefully, if they, you know, if their parents were bought in and they could get to workouts, you've had one summer to develop them. So you really need to let them, let their body develop before you're worried about those uh, those varsity reps. And so, you know, that's where we use them. Just build that confidence and keep them in the program and keep them. That way they are an asset to us as a, a sophomore, junior, or senior. Um, and then we just use a lot of it for just additional live fire practice, right? That's why it's important to us is because – we're in a, a world now where you can't have four hour practices. You can't have three hour practices, right? The parents will be complaining. Um, the kids won't listen. And, and our attention spans are so short nowadays anyway. Uh, you can't even watch YouTube videos anymore. You have to watch YouTube shorts now, right? Because people won't stick around for one video for 10 minutes. And now we want to get put kids on a practice field. So I know that 90 minute and two hour practice plans are really becoming popular. And that's sometimes just not enough time to get all of your install in and see it all the kids get the reps. So that's where we like to use it. You know, we use our white time, our, our white team nights. Um, it's just like a practice for them. Yeah, it's competitive. It's against somebody they've never seen before or, you know, it's not on their team. Uh, there's a scoreboard going with, with some points up there. But really, it's a chance for us as coaches to watch them go through the same fundamentals we've been installing all week, but they may not have got very many reps at it in practice. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, reasons to do it. I've got three pretty quick ones I'll hit right here. One, you mentioned it, and I'll just put it in kind of coach term. You know, puberty wins a lot of games when you're under the age of about 16 years old. You know, and sometimes it can still win them in high school, but not as much. So basically, the kid who's the biggest, fastest, strongest kid, 
they're going to win a lot of games third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, you know, but that's not necessarily are they going to pan out where they're going to be. And the opposite is true of a lot of very talented senior high players that I've had. And if you've coached long enough, you you probably can think of this kid, but he wasn't good enough to play in seventh grade and, and really didn't play much in the eighth and ninth grade and didn't even play much as a 10th grader. And then all of a sudden puberty kicked in. And now you've got a kid who's a, a very hardworking kid who's stuck with it, who's probably had to learn to adapt and work hard. And now he has the physical skills on top of that. Well, that kid, you mentioned it, he doesn't stay in your program if there's not some kind of carrot. You know, you mentioned uh, confidence, and that's definitely part of it. But I think Xbox has taken more football players than anything else because I'm not going to show up and practice and not get to play. Are you going to go to work and not get paid? I mean, that's that's kind of the generational mindset we have here where when you and I grew up, or I'm a little older than you, but when I grew up and maybe even someone you grew up, because it is a, it is quickly changing, there was about four things you could do. I mean, you could be in like the choir, the band, or play sports. That was right. kind of your options. And at most schools, it was football or cross country. And I didn't want to run. So there weren't <laughs> a lot of options. So if you want to sit me on a bench, well, I can be mad about it, but there's not a lot of other things to go do. Well, now there's a million things to go do. And a lot of kids that are okay to go do nothing. And so you've got to figure out a way to continue to motivate these kids to stay with your program. And it's not a guarantee they're going to stay, but if they're getting to play a little bit, whatever night of the week that is, and put the jersey on and compete, and you show some interest in them or your B-team coaches do, the likelihood of that kid finishing goes way up. You know, it goes way up. So puberty is a big one. You never know who's going to develop too. Uh, you got to give those kids a lot of confidence, in my opinion. Um, and then the last thing I put on there is a lot of times as coaches, we need to practice with situational football. You know, we can schedule practice all we want. But the first time you're calling plays with 30 seconds to go and no timeouts, you find out real quick, I got a long way to go. Or the first time you're trying to deal with clock management at the end of a game. When do we call our timeouts? When do we not call our timeouts? How do we do this? What do we do here? You know, or the first time you've had this whole, you know, playbook design and there went your stud. Now what are you going to call? You know, so that's a lot of situational stuff where coaches don't underestimate. Coaches are going to have to work through stuff in a game-like situation with a play clock and officials and opponents and I know there's not like a bunch of pressure to win, but when the balls rolled out and it's another team, there's pressure to win. And so I think that's something that we sometimes lose sight of is we're getting to work through this. And not only are we working through this, so are our 10th graders, you know, or our eighth grader, whatever level you're coaching, they're working through it too. So the first time they punt it and one of your kids tries to field it when he's not supposed to, that's a learning experience for the first time it's fourth and one. And shockingly they go on two and you jump off sides. Well, that's a learning experience. And so those are things you got to work through because these kids don't play a lot. And so they're going to make those mistakes. So hopefully when they get out there on Friday night, if when that time comes, they've made all those mistakes and games that really don't matter. Right. Yeah. That's uh, the, we just lost a game. 
we didn't lose it because, but our, our white team, we had a chance, you know, use the timeout sparingly, had to get a stop on fourth down and, uh, and jumped off sides on fourth and five or something like, and they're in the shadow of their own end zone, like goalpost, like they, they could, it was perfect. It was perfectly set up. And then here goes my defensive end. So, you know, that happens and, uh, and it makes you mad and it, and you know, it, it you talk about being developed. I mean, you're talking about, we can tie that right back into practice, right? Have we been practicing that? No, we hadn't, right? We're just, we're so short on time with right. two game nights a week. Um, another night is, or another uh, practice day is just for weight room. They have to go to the weight room. So we lose that day of practice. We get one, a Thursday is a full day and Friday we have to shorten so that we can go to the varsity game. So, we get one day of practice. So it's like, we're already dealing with that time management as coaches. So there's things we've left out, right? Just trying to get install done and going on to is one of those things that every time, every time the scout O goes on to my defense is jumping and I don't, it's just one of them things. Right. So, um, anyway, yeah. So you start figuring out what you need to practice more. Um, what kids really are just nodding their head at the newest install. And they're like, Oh yeah, coach, I know what I'm doing. And then they, they don't know what they're doing. Um, alignments, assignments, whatever it is. So, um, man, yeah, it really does develop you as a coach as well. And then um, last question here is just how do we choose who plays in coaches? Um, yeah, I, this is tough. Oh, you go first? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when it comes to coaching, once again, it depends on what you are. I'm being paid. I'm being stipended to be the defensive coordinator for the freshman team. So allowing another guy to call plays, I could probably do it on white night, right? Maybe you start working in a, a newer coach and let him call the plays. I'm only in my fourth year though. So it's still a lot of development for, for me as well. Um, working together as a staff, you know, obviously we have an assigned staff. We're not worried about who's leaving varsity practice early on Monday to go do these games because we're, we're our own staff, but you know, I've been at schools where that was the case and it, it was always kind of a chess piece of, Who's going to call these games? Now, we would have a freshman head coach, but he was on the varsity staff. And then just kind of who's going to go help him? Or is he calling everything this week? Because we need our DC and OC here, right? Like, we can't let them go. Um, so when it comes down to coaching, I, I think that is a really good chance. Uh, and and my very first head coach let me call the plays. After about four or five weeks, you know, we went to a JV game, and he was like, call the offense. Like, you want to? I was always in the box. So it was nice just to be on the sideline. He was like, eh, just call it, man. It's cool. Um, and, and just let them kind of feel what that feels like. What's the flow of the game? How am I working, um, you know, run and pass balance? And, and you know, your system coach is, is beautiful on, you know, wh whatever the defense gives me, I'm going to take it. So, you know, it's a results base. So if I get tackled by the, you know, backside linebacker, I'm going to put a pass right where he's supposed to be or, um, kind of the if then, I guess, right? Let people feel what that feels like. And then that helps you on Friday because now they're going, oh yeah, I remember I called these plays and I set up this really big home run ball. Are we getting those results on Friday night? So they learn where to have their eyes on Fridays to help you make the same calls, right? So um, once again, it's just that investment of your, your younger coaches, just like your younger player. And it don't have to be young coaches, just, you know, um, guys who aren't, in the big positions yet and might want to be at some point. But I think that even their future, yes, it, it, it's an investment there, but just for your own team, like they're going to get to Friday night and understand 
that stress. And I understand what you're going through. Maybe they're asking too many questions or talking on the headset too much while you're trying to call a game, you know? And, and then when you put them in the place, just ask them some questions right in the middle of the drive and see, uh, you know, how they kind of react. But so lots of, lots of mumbling and rambling there. But the biggest thing is just let the younger coaches get on and do some, and do some play calling. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, like you mentioned, a lot depends on the situation. So I've already shared one story where I felt like we needed to win. So I kind of took the reins. Well, this year we pulled up a ninth grader to play on our team. We've this first one we've ever done. I needed him to come start for me on the varsity as a defensive back so we could win games now, which so far has panned out pretty well. Unfortunately, that robbed him of his ninth grade year at quarterback when he would have been the main quarterback. So now our Monday night games are his and my 11th grade quarterbacks time to develop. So because of that, I've called the plays in our JV games. It's not that we don't have a coach on staff who can't call it, but I felt that with two young quarterbacks that are developing, it would probably be best if I was heavily involved in it that year. So I've kind of taken a little bit more of an active role calling the offense in those situations because of what needed to happen. Yeah. But as a general rule of thumb, I try to let our younger guys that are developing as coaches kind of have that role. Uh, and then I think you also have to think about like, to me, we're going to have guys that don't start, but then we have a few spots that are key to our program. So like almost any, almost any team at this point in football, the quarterback position is a huge position to be successful on offense, regardless of what you run. So we have had multiple times where, yeah, this guy started somewhere else for us on Friday night, but Monday night was his chance to play quarterback. And that was the best reps you're ever going to get him. And we put rules with them, like you're not allowed to run or, you know, you can we're going to kill certain RPOs because we can't get that guy hurt because we got to win on Friday night. And so there were limits to what they could do, but those were live reps for them last year. Our kid who played JV quarterback, our quarterback got hurt week seven, had to play the last three games of the year. So those reps were big for him to be ready. This year, like I mentioned, we have a ninth grader. we got an 11th grader. Both of them are talented kids. They're not going to get just a ton of practice reps because our quarterback is very unique. He's more of an athlete, and these guys are more quarterbacks. And so the offense will change when they're the one catching the snap as opposed to the main guy catching the snap. So those Monday nights become key. And if you're a defensive coach, depending on your system, there might be certain spots where you need to develop the next guy. So that would be a time where I'd say it may be okay to play a Friday night starter, at least a couple series. There's been times we said, you're going to come out and you're going to play two series, get all our checks, make sure we're good at safety. Then you're done for the night. You know, you're done, take your pads off, go to the locker room, you're done. You know, but it's important for us that you get some reps there, or it might be a guy who's coming back from injury who needs to get some reps to kind of get back into game shape. Or it might be a guy who's really struggling on Friday night that needs some extra reps. And these are the best reps you can get him. So I say non-starters, but there's been multiple times we might have had three or four kids out there that play some, you know, on Friday night. And then I say non-varsity coaches or non, like me, I'm not usually calling JV, but there are situations where it changes. So I think the big key you mentioned it was it depends on your situation. I think the underlying thing that does not need to be done is for it to be neglected. Like it, it needs to happen. It needs to be done as well as possible for hopefully these reasons we've put out there. 
Yeah, and I hope that that kind of what you just said opens people's eyes. Like, it is okay to play a starter down. Like, we understand injuries happen, and they could happen on the first play of the game on Friday night, and then is there anybody to replace that kid, right? Or it could happen on JV night. And But all the games that it didn't happen, how much better did that player get for those reps, right? Um, I, I realize that there are places that you just cannot have you know, we've been, I don't know what the magic number is. I don't know if it's 30, if it's 25, I don't know. I don't know at what point you should make sure that you're playing those games. Um, I would just say, if you can at all feasibly make it happen, make it happen. Even if it's two games a year, that's that's two more than than those kids would have had, right? So, you know, as many games as you can. We're, we're pretty lucky this year. We get a nine-game schedule um, for both of our freshman teams, but we have to play the same teams twice. So we play everyone twice in our area, and and that's how we make it work. And we have a couple we picked up for just single games. But our JV schedule this year has turned into the same team twice. Unfortunately, it dropped. It went from we had four or five schedules. We're down to two. It's the same team. Yeah, but it's a game, and it matters. That's right. Yep. All right, man. Well, I think uh, unless you have any final points here, we'll move on to what not to do as a coach. So why don't you go ahead and give us what our lesson is today? Yeah, kind of keeping with the theme of what we've been talking about. So today's lesson and what not to do as a coach is neglect your future. You know, there's a lot of times as coaches, we are just trying to survive, just trying to stay above water. I get it. I've been a head coach now for a long time, especially early on in your career. You just want to get to the next day. And then, okay, if then the next thing you open up is, okay, now we got a game plan. We got to win on Friday night because if I don't win on Friday night, I'll get fired. And so that's where all your focus goes is what can make me better immediately, right? As coaches age or as you're around coaches that have been in this game long enough, they'll help you and let you understand that the value of those younger developmental players, that's your future. And if you don't invest time into it, here's what's going to happen because I've seen it, unfortunately, in my own program early on till we got it fixed. Travel baseball comes around. Travel basketball comes around. You don't even get to see that kid because he started at 10 years old. He had a youth football coach who made him hate football. And so he is now a full-time baseballer. You're never going to get him back. Never. You're going to have the same thing with a kid who played basketball since he was in the third grade. And no one has ever talked to him about playing football. And now he's in the eighth grade. And at that point, everything's just too late. I don't know why, but that's our society now. Yeah. So if you're not heavily invested and what's coming, you better either have a really good transfer portal or a whole lot of talent. Because if you're at the school I'm in, we can't have our best athletes not playing football. And if I don't catch them, it used to be you catch them by ninth or 10th grade. I think you made that comment, Daniel. That's when a lot of kids do move. I think you're seeing a shift of a lot of kids around the fifth grade shifting to focusing on whatever it's going to be. And I'm not going to bash every other sport because they do it in football too. Like I'm not going to get in that world of this sport's worse than that sport or that sport, I, whatever it is. We all have our opinion and organized rest is a lot easier than football. That's what I call baseball. But to me, <laughs> organized to me as a coach, if you don't invest there or have a really good coach that you have delegated to go invest down in those levels, you're going to miss out on kids. You're going to miss out on kids that really could help you because you guys see it. Why is that kid walking the hall and not playing football? 
He had a real bad experience in fifth grade, sixth grade, eighth grade. No one's ever talked to him about playing football. He's been here his whole life. Then you go to him as 11th grader and either he comes out and he's so raw, it's hard to develop him or he doesn't want to come out. So highly would recommend if you have any ability at all, go down there at younger than you think you need to and invest in those kids and in those coaches. It's not as time consuming as you think it is. You know, those coaches just go give them your playbook. Just go talk yeah. to them about what you want to do. I think we've had a youth podcast on here. They go back and watch it, I'm sure. But basically you want to go in and make sure when those kids come to school, they know who you are. Because at this point, kids play sports for the love of sports, but they also play for coaches. And if you're not the coach they know, good luck. Yeah. No, you make a good point there. And that's just the some coaches see it as like a, a demotion to have to go down to the freshman level or the JV or uh, seventh or eighth grade. But, and, and so it's hard to get quality coaches at those levels at some programs. Right. And then you just end up with dads and, and what do dads do? They run uh toss 400 times oh, yeah. or yeah. quarterback lead because it's easier to snap the ball of one kid and let him run all over the defense. Right. And then, but that doesn't teach them anything fundamentally. Yeah, they don't have an O-line coach that's in there teaching rules and, and angles and, and steps, right? And so you just end up with this, by the time they get to you, they're, they're not developed. So you're right, man. Just go in and give them the playbook. Invest in those coaches. Teach them how to coach. Um, you, know, you know, Kenny's lucky enough to have the, the fbcoachsimpson.com, and, you know, he can put people on there, and, and you can too. If you're listening, you can definitely go there and get some of his products and, and give that to those coaches so they know exactly – how to go coach it. Um, Joe's got the same thing with his stuff, right? Like it's, it's just all about just being able to give that program and teach them how to coach. Cause there's, there's no school. <laughs> there's, there's nowhere you go and they teach you how to coach, right? That's, it doesn't happen. You get a kinesiology degree and now all of a sudden you have all the X's and O's and team building and management and no, it doesn't work like that. So um, yeah, the other, too. we have a coach, like we have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade team. Now we're, we're lucky that some of the coaches have kids like me, that play on one of the teams, my fifth grade son plays, but we try to have one coach assigned to each team that will be there on their games and try to make at least one practice a week. They don't have to be, they're not the head coach. They don't have to be super involved, but that are there to kind of monitor. And really I'm looking for two things, keep the kids safe and make sure the kids know who you are because that's the face they're going to associate with our program. Yeah. I love it. That's excellent. All right, coach. Um, any last things before we sign out of here? No, good luck to the coaches that are going. I'm imagining this is probably coming out here near the end of the season. So if you've had a rough season, hey, try to finish strong. If you're having a great season, good luck. We'd love to hear about it. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can drop a comment down there. Let us know other topics you want. I know we're about to hit off-season football for quite a few people. So we plan to rev up bringing some guests on and kind of going through some new stuff. And Daniel's got some good stuff planned. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the guesting is definitely something we have to do off season. Getting us two together is something that can be difficult. So having a third person is not always super easy. Um, all the guys we want to talk to are all busy. Right. So. All right. Uh, well, um, social media wise, I am at coach chamber. Okay. On Twitter or X. Uh, and you can email me at Chamberlain football consulting at gmail.com. Uh, coach Simpson, where can they get you at? Yeah, all things FB Coach Simpson. So fbcoachsimpson.com, at fbcoachsimpson on Twitter, um, or fbcoachsimpson at Gmail is my email. 
course, fpcoachsimpson.com is my website. Got a new website coming out pretty soon called Coaches Cap. And that's where we're going to be having that new, my first ever invention, uh, which is actually a coach's hat. I put a Fox 40 whistle because my, my, I'm a whistle snob. You got to have the right whistle with the right hat. And so <laughs> I've got, I got it on there. I'm excited about it. I'm sure we'll be releasing that probably sometime this offseason. Awesome. That's I'm still waiting on mine. I'm I'm ready. Uh, it's to rock coming. It. I'm waiting on the sample to get everything approved. So. There we go. Uh, the podcast is at Coaching One Hundred and One Pod. Uh, you can jump on. That's on the Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can jump on there and check out. Kind of, we're just sharing some episodes and stuff. We want to thank you for being a listener to the Coaching One Hundred and One Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue to make the complex more simple. Please consider subscribing to the show so you'll always know when know when the new episodes are out. We'll leave you with this. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. No matter the uh, situation, man, maybe I uh, should have given up on this whole sign out. No matter the situation, find a way.